Book Dreams, a member of the Podglomerate Network and LitHub Radio. Hello, and welcome to Book Dreams, the podcast for everyone who loves books and has ever wondered about them. I'm Julie Sternberg, author of a number of children's books, including Like Pickle Juice on a Cookie and its sequels, and the Top Secret Diary of Celie Valentine series. And I'm Eve Yohalem. I'm also a children's book author. My books include The Truth According to Blue, which is coming out May 12th, and Cast Off, The Strange Adventures of Petra de Winter and Brom Broen. In each episode of this podcast, we explore a book-related musing, something we've wondered about for a long time, or maybe something that's just very recently struck us. Doesn't matter, as long as we think it's fascinating. In this episode, we are doing something a little bit different. We're specifically following up on our last episode. Julie had an actual bibliotherapy session with bibliotherapist Ella Bertu. And this episode is all about following up on that and how it worked and how we feel. We committed to trying several of the strategies that Ella recommended. And one of them was reading aloud with our families. Yes. Did you try? I did. I did. Would you like me to tell you how it went? Yeah, please. I would say it has been a very long time since my older daughter responded to a suggestion from me with such a vehement no. (laughs) She was like, not going to happen. No. (laughs) And my younger daughter responded with a softer no. But if you think about it, this should have been entirely predictable. I did not see it coming. I thought there might be, you know, mild resistance, but they would humor me. But right now, you know, when just living with one's parents, it's being forced upon those girls, especially my older daughter who would not be here. And then to regress even further into the days when I was regularly reading them to sleep, I think it was just like that is an affront, just a step too far. It did not happen. And what about Paul? What was his reaction? Well, I kind of gave up. Okay. (laughs) Were you more successful? So I also pitched it to my family. And it's interesting to hear you describe it as a regression. I was expecting them to say, sure, they loved being read to as children. I I know yours did too. But we've always loved listening to audiobooks in the car. All you have to do in my family is say, Midnight for Charlie Bone, narrated (laughs) by Simon (laughs) Russell Beale. And the entire family bursts out laughing. It even happens from time to time. If somebody gets sick, you might read aloud. So I was expecting them to at least say, all right, we'll go along with it. But... Joe, my older child, had exactly the same reaction that Emily did, which was absolutely not. I cannot take any more recommended media. No, 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 no. no. But then something very sweet happened. Nick looked up and he said, I'll read with you, which was especially sweet because Nick, my husband, I don't know if I've mentioned his name on the podcast yet. Nick is significantly dyslexic. So reading aloud, I mean, he did it a ton with our kids, but it's not an effortless activity for him. Mm. So after dinner, we went upstairs uh, to our bedroom and we read aloud a couple of the short stories from Some by David Eagleman, which was one of the books Ella recommended. And it was okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know that it was a super bonding experience. Definitely more of a bonding experience than watching the news. But I realized something about myself, and that's that my mind wanders 
when I'm listening to books read aloud. So it's not my favorite way to read, but we tried. What about journaling? Did you give that a try? I did. I have to say I was very leery of journaling. I know that if I'm supposed to put something in a beautiful notebook and write it for posterity, it's it's a lot of pressure for me and my internal editor kicks in mm-hmm. in high gear and I find it very daunting. So I put this off for a long time. But then I decided that I was only allowed to write in fragments. Mm. I was not allowed to write in full sentences. Mm -hmm. And that was very freeing. And so I did do entries. And how did it go? It went fine. So I'm happy now to have the start of a book. Good. Have you ever done morning pages? Do you know about morning pages? I do. I did that for a brief stretch of time, and they were super helpful, and I don't know why I stopped. For people who don't know, this is a fantastic exercise recommended by Julia Cameron in her book, The Artist's Way, which is the only self-help book I have loved. I'm not a self-help book person, but I think The Artist's Way is fantastic. And so morning pages is just free association on paper. And through doing morning pages, I've learned to let go of any kind of expectation of myself for this kind of writing. So I didn't have a trouble. Also, I have the worst handwriting on the planet. (laughs) As, As soon as I started writing this horrible handwriting in this lovely notebook, Mm. the internal editor just had to take a break because it's just (laughs) hopeless. I just want to give a quick shout out to the bookstore I've been visiting, Sag Harbor Books in Sag Harbor, New York. They're not open, but they'll either send you books or you can call them and then go pick them up. And I like calling them because I feel like I'm doing something illicit. I have to go around to a side entrance that I didn't even know existed. And you knock on this metal door and a voice says, yes. And I say, (laughs) hi, David, it's Eve. I'm here for my books. And then the door opens just to crack and David's (laughs) hand comes through holding a shopping bag and I grab the shopping bag and run before any germs can be transmitted. (laughs) So that's where I bought the books that I've been reading recently. I've been doing my book shopping online since I ordered just a shameless amount number of books. I've been trying to order from a number of different places that have been my favorite bookstores in the past. So I've ordered from Merritt Bookstore in Millbrook and Bookloft in Great Barrington and Community Bookstore in Brooklyn. And there's a wonderful bookstore called Porter Square Books, which is in Cambridge. And it's been very fun to get these book shipments, which I let the UPS man leave outside. And I try to wave and thank him from afar, but it's not nearly as cloak and dagger and fabulously mysterious as yours. So did you buy any other of Ella's suggested books? I did. I bought some by David Eagleman. Mm -hmm. And I bought The Dead Avocado by Elaine Dundee. I also bought some. And I bought The Man Who Planted Trees, which I've not yet read. And then I bought the Jojo Moyes book, The Giver of Stars, because I loved the premise. It's based on something that actually happened, which was that during the Depression, the WPA funded horseback librarians. And these were women who would carry books to the far reaches of Appalachia, to really remote places, and bring them to families there so that they could have books to read. And that's just so totally up my alley. Yeah, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds Reminds me of one of the other jobs that were listed in the article that we mentioned from Penguin about jobs for book lovers. Did they have horseback librarians? No, they had elephant librarians. What? <laughs> yeah. Again, Southeast Asia, apparently, there are folks who climb aboard 
elephants with big stacks of books and carry them to the far-flung places where folks otherwise wouldn't have access to books. Oh, Julie. They carry them on elephants. I just want to be an elephant librarian. (laughs) I think you would be a wonderful elephant librarian. I will say one thing, uh, one more thing about the books that I've been reading since we spoke to Ella, and that's that I had been reading eBooks, and on her recommendation, I switched to paper, and it has helped so much. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. So for anyone who's having trouble reading right now, try paper and buy them at an indie store. Yes. So shall we have our one-on-one book club? Let's do it. Okay. We both read Shane. So what'd you think? Well, I will say that I agree with Ella that this is a good book to read right now. It's nice and short, which for me has turned out to be better. It kept my attention it had a nice tone to it. Like It had a nice combination of wondering what would happen without being frenzied. And it was really great to have this book that someone had recommended that would be helpful to read together with you and look forward to talking about. I highly recommend that to our listeners. Yeah. It's just a really nice thing to do right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I like his writing a lot. He has a very crisp, clear writing style. He doesn't waste a single word, and yet he's very descriptive, and his descriptions really carry, for me at least. Yeah, I felt like I was on the farm or the ranch, I guess, with them. Yeah, his physical descriptions of the place itself were especially beautiful. And it was a breakthrough book for me because up until reading Shane, I was having a really hard time reading. I was reading a couple of pages a day and Shane was the first book I was able to sit and read for hours and get lost in, maybe not get lost in the way I have in the past, but at least get lost in for a while. And I watched a lot less news and it All of that felt really, really good. I agree. What about the story itself? How did you respond to that? I found it very interesting that Ella had described Shane as calm because Shane is full of tumult. He's full of tumult that the other characters see from the very beginning. He does always know what to do. That's true. He's patient and sort of waits until the right moment to strike. He does not fly off the handle. There's that line where I think it's the father who says he's the safest man you'll ever be with. And then the mother says, and I'm paraphrasing, he's also the most dangerous. The reason that one feels safe in his presence is that he has the capacity for quite lethal violence toward others. So that was sort of interesting to me. And it was written in the 1940s. So this is not a surprise, but the sexism of the book is really Oh, the sexism and the racism. The sexism and the the racism racism are hard to take. That's a whole other discussion, what to do about that. I had never read a Western before. So that was interesting to me. And I understand why this book is considered a classic. You know, it does feel like the epitome of the Western. It has the tropes, surely. It's like a Quentin Tarantino movie, right? It is nothing but trope. Jack Schaefer had never been to the West. I don't know if he'd ever met a cowboy. And in fact, after he wrote this, he said he didn't want to go to the West because it would mess with his idea of what the West was. He ultimately (laughs) moved out West. But when he wrote Mm. this book, he had never been West. So this is a truly romanticized, stereotyped vision of the West and the people in it. So it's kind of a window on 1950s 1940s, 50s values and stereotypes. I like thinking of it that way. That's a really interesting way to think of it. But overall, definitely, I would recommend it. Yes, with a big asterisk. With those caveats. Yeah. (laughs) With With those caveats, yeah. Okay, well, I have a question for you. 
do you have any interest in doing another book club where we read a book together? Of course. I would very much like to do another book club for one. And then maybe we would open it up and find ways for people who are listening to participate in our book club, too. Oh, I would love that. Okay, I think that's it for this episode of Book Dreams. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Yes, and please be sure to let us know if there's a book-related topic you've wondered about, and we will try looking into it in a future episode. You can reach us for that reason, or any other reason, at contact at bookdreamspodcast.com. We're also on Twitter at bookdreamspod, and on Instagram at bookdreamspodcast. Oh, and also, when you're buying books, please buy them from your independent bookstores, and if your bookstore is closed, you can get them from bookshop.org. Yes, and many thanks to our associate producer, Gianfranco Lentini, and to our theme music composer, Maya Polsky. You can find Eve at eveyohallam.com and me at juliesternberg.com. And don't forget, if you like the podcast and you think someone else might, please, please rate and review us on iTunes or Stitcher. Until next time, happy book dreaming. Yes, happy book dreaming. Go and listen to book dreams with Julie and Eve.